Fair Catch, a podcast about all things DFA football. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of Fair Catch. Uh, We have a lot to get to today. Uh, We can't start anywhere else, though, from where we left off our last episode. In fact, it's where we've left off every episode, which is put in golf. Put in golf, put in golf, put in golf is where we've ended every episode. As Mags has been yelling it into our microphones, guess what? They put in golf. You've gotten your wish. He's started twice, and... He's won twice. That's right. He delivered. I'm just happy someone actually listened to me. Um, this is fantastic. I'm a big fan of Jared Goff, and this is going to continue uh, as the season progresses. I didn't think anyone would listen to you, but you know what? The Jets have listened. They've gotten out and got a big, a bigger corner. Um, 5'10". I know, not huge, but a great rating on this guy. He is locking down that D. And now the Bills take our advice and switch their quarterbacks around, move Goff up into the starting role, take down some wins. They are 4-1. and one leading the division um, but it begs the question now right in Buffalo what do you do with Danny Dimes he's sitting there you thought you were gonna roll with him now he's on the bench what's your move if you're Buffalo I'm surprised that they that they had both of them uh, one on the bench obviously at any given point in time that's a lot of draft capital right there um, there should be a team out there that's Maybe not going to do it this year. They, they have that feeling. You should make a, a, a trade for Danny Dimes. I feel like there is a, a, a deal to be made here with both teams um, to make themselves better. I think it's a great opportunity for the Bills, right? Because, look, you can go out and get backup talent. You don't need a guy to start. You can have a guy, Fitzmagic, someone out there, right, to be your backup. Um, the Bears are that team, right? They have Fitzmagic and Tannehill is their tandem. You're not going anywhere with either of them. What about a restart? What about you know, a team like that? It doesn't have to be the Bears, but an idea of like you're giving up someone who is not going to be a starter in this league to fill the role, and you're going to give up maybe a second-round pick or a third-round pick or whatever they're willing to get, or a role player on defense, something that maybe helps you this year in Buffalo continue to progress and uh, maybe win a division, right, or maybe make a playoff run. Uh, and what you get in return is now you're starting week seven or week eight with a quarterback that has the potential. He was a first round pick. He's able to go somewhere and you're not so worried as much about how many picks this guy's throwing. Uh, because when you're looking at the bears, right, they're already, uh, last in their division. You want something like that. You want to turn it around and say, you know what? We are one in four. Maybe this makes sense to go in a different direction. Do you think Daniel Jones is better than both of those guys today? Would you put him in right away if you didn't make that trade? I would roll the season straight up. If you if you ask me which one of these guys I would start with, yeah, I would start with him, right? Because he has the potential in five weeks to be better. The other two have the potential in five weeks to be worse. Agreed. I mean, I think that both of them are, are borderline backups, right? At this point, you right. might as well roll the dice. You want to at least be able to say, look, if we are sub 500 at this place, at least we can go and say we're going for next year. We have – you know, the cupboard isn't bare. We have people in this uh, in this league where the cupboard is bare at quarterback. Um, this is an opportunity for someone to go out and get a guy who's not technically on the block, but he should be. He's an opportunity for someone to find a young talent that they didn't start with and go and get, much like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs went out and stole that guy um, from the Carolina Panthers, 
right? And they sent back Roethlisberger. Um, Roethlisberger is also a quarterback that was starting when we last left on our podcast. And we talked about, we went back and forth on this, Andrew, about, you know, what they were thinking there because they had Jalen Hearns, they had another young uh, quarterback, and they moved on from one of those. They they stuck with Hearns, but they said, you know what, you're on the bench. We're going to roll with Roethlisberger. About an hour after that podcast dropped, they said, you know what, Roethlisberger onto the bench. We're going with Hearns. So essentially they gave up a young quarterback for an old one that is now riding the pine. I'm trying to figure out how that makes any sense. I'm just hoping we get back uh, Fat Big Ben on the, on the bench there because I miss seeing him in that big coat just sitting there fat with you, a big beard. And you ugly. think they brought him in just for the, the for the attire, for the looks, for the, the intimidation of the beard? It's not a good look. I just enjoy seeing it, to be honest with you. I, it's, it's interesting. Maybe they brought him in to sell more burgers. I don't know why they brought him in, um, but he's on the roster for now. Hearns is actually playing, um, and they go out and actually beat the Jags, which is surprising um, because, like we talked about last time with Carolina, we were surprised in some of the moves that they made, right? Uh, They give up Bosa, which, again— To the Jags. To the Jags. They gave him up to the Jags. They came out and actually beat the Jags. And I thought, you know, the Jags—man, you get Bosa. You have other guys—I mean, you have Clowney and Bosa as your bookends on this team. And then I look at the box score. I look at some some things on tape— I look at where they're playing, and you have Bosa uh, qualifying as a D-tackle, and you have Clowney as an outside linebacker. Combined, these two monsters have a total of two sacks in the last, uh, like, five weeks. Oh, that's tough. I'm I'm questioning what this team is doing if you're the Jaguars and how you don't line them up at both ends and let it rip and say, you know what, go out and get me as many sacks as you can because you two are two of the best in the game. Instead, he has them dropping back or on the interior of the line, and it's clearly not working out for that defense. Um, the Jags actually lose to the Panthers uh, and find themselves in a situation where they're the butt of the joke at the end of the day, despite having acquired the better talent in that deal. Now, I want to see Joey Bosa, I want or Nick Bosa, rip somebody's head off. Um, if you have a Bosa, that is an ultra luxury, whether it's Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. If you, somehow you end up with their mom, Cheryl Bosa, tomorrow on your team, you start her at strong safety. Because you would Bosa, take Cheryl Bosa onto this team, I would. Think. I mean, Bosa is just a name synonymous with football. you got to start them, and you got to start them in their correct position. So you're saying you wouldn't trade a Bosa then, no matter what Bosa you get? Never. I would not. They're on the non-touchable list. Yes. But you know what? There are people that are looking to trade right now because as we head into uh, week seven, right, we're finishing up week six as this podcast is going on, you have teams – that are four and two. You have some that are three and three, and you have some that are two and four. And those two and four teams, some of them are getting out ahead and saying, you know what? I'm ready to put people on the block. I had made a list of guys, you know, older guys that might, you know, come available that, you know, teams should go and acquire. Uh, guys that are 30, 32 years old, guys that are playing in wide receiver or cornerback or here or there. And I'm looking online and I, I can't believe my eyes when I see this guy come available uh, onto the block. I think this is a huge opportunity for a lot of teams looking around for talent. Now, you don't know this name. We've talked about this before in uh, in the pre-show of, I'm going to let you know who this name is. Let me have him. I'm ready. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has really? hit the block. <laughs> really? A team today has said, the Patriots have said, the team that has been giving away the secrets is now giving away the cover at quarterback and saying, we're willing to deal him. And I talked to this ownership. They are willing to deal him for players, whether it be on the line, defensive or offensive, maybe a wide receiver piece. 
they're not exactly looking to bring back picks. But I think, I mean, look, who's not willing to take back a pick when you're two and four, depending on what team it comes from? Um, they are, they're like, hey, you know, we're going to have a good pick anyway, right, because we're not doing so well. But I think a pick could work uh, along with a player in this situation. Seeing Russell Wilson on the block, I mean, it doesn't get any juicier than that, does it? I'm actually I'm, – I'm shocked. I'm still trying to let that, you know, set in here because uh, Russell Wilson is a huge, huge name in this league, and I can't believe that somebody would actually shop him around, even if they aren't going anywhere this year. You you want Russell Wilson on your team. They don't want to rebuild it around him. He hasn't looked good out there for them. Maybe a different system, a different fit. Maybe if they can get enough value back in return, it has to be enough to make it work, though. I don't want this to turn into a Carolina special where they're just giving players away. That was a yard sale. Yeah, that was, that was not ideal. But I think this is a huge opportunity for a team like the 49ers, like the Seattle Seahawks, uh, like some teams out there, you know, the Seahawks are starting Gardner Minshew. They are three and two. They're in it. They're in it to to make a move here. That's a team where that's a huge upgrade. If you can have Russell Wilson as your starter and still hang on to Minshew as your backup, just in case something does happen to Russell and he goes down, that's a perfect, perfect scenario to be in. I think that's a really great ideal one to go with. But also think about the 49ers, right? They've been wheeling and dealing. They go out and they trade for Juju. They get Juju Smith-Schuster this week. They give up a first. They give up a third. They give up a, sh- a strong safety and a wide receiver that are both, you know, no-name guys that probably will progress at some point, but they're not guys to speak of right now. That's a great deal for them, right? It's tremendous. The uh, 49ers, we keep ragging on that. They are very young. They brought in a very young, very talented Juju Smith-Schuster. This is a great, great trade for this team. Um, I'm excited for them. The last podcast, I ragged on them a little bit. I actually took them to lose. Um, and what did they do? They beat the the Browns, Browns yeah. 34-0. Not they shelled them. Not only did they put up some of the highest point totals of the year in, in the league, but they also shut the Browns out. So um, this team might be gelling right now. The defense is definitely gelling, right? The defense is ranked as one of the best in the league. But the interesting part is they get that piece from the Bears – they give up a first and a third. I, when I saw this come across, you know, he's 22 years old and this good already. I thought you're going to have to give up both, both of your first round picks to get him. They don't have to. And they give up a couple of different pieces and they still remain with a first overall pick. I wonder if that pick, along with some players, again, that New England is looking for, that would probably be a better fit than what has gotten them to worsen the division so far at 2-2, two and two, which is Allen's play at quarterback. He has looked better in the last game, but think about that. Now in a one week, in, in a two-day time frame, you upgrade the wide receiver to Juju, and you got a shot now at getting Wilson. What a duo on the offense when your defense just shut out a team. So Wilson to, Ju- Wilson to Juju is, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think that that's a winning combination. When, when are you going to get a quarterback of this caliber available on the block? I would go after him hard by a lot of different teams. You got uh, the Vikings with Sam Darnold throwing picks all over the place. They're an opportunity. There's teams out there that need a quarterback that they can build around and say, here's our guy, and we don't need to develop him for three years out of a five-year league. He's an opportunity. You know, the last one that I was thinking about, and I keep thinking about but they keep winning now, are the Giants. The Giants are 3-3. Three and three. They just beat the Patriots because the Patriots didn't score any points. <laughs> but you have Winston there. Doing Winston things. He gets you back to 500. You feel the optimism. You feel the Wilson, right? You feel the the energy that, you know, 
you, you feel that this guy's going to do something. And I feel like it's going to go back to the mean at some point, And this is going to end as an 8-8 eight and eight season for the Giants because their quarterback play wasn't good enough. And Winston doing Winston things is just going to be the overall storyline for the Giants. And then if he stays on the roster and they either don't go young and get a Danny Dimes or they don't go and get the, the centerpiece in Russell Wilson, you're stuck with him going into next season, hoping that he progresses or trying to redo it in the draft. I think that they can do something here in free agency. It's what are almost your like it's almost like you're in purgatory with with uh, with Winston, right? Eight and eight, thirty interceptions, thirty touchdowns, stealing the crab legs when he's in college. <laughs> this guy, this guy has to go. I th- I think it is. I mean, it's a tough division, right? If they're not continuously upgrading, the Eagles are four and two with Superman at quarterback again, throwing three touchdowns in his last uh, outing. The Eagles are rolling. Cowboys at four and two, Redskins at three and three. It's gonna be a tested division. I don't know if the Giants are gonna have enough at the end of the day uh, to get it done. I think that that quarterback position there, you know, either you're gonna continue to roll the dice or you're gonna move on. But I think it's something to really think about uh, going forward. In also thinking about who's going forward in this league, you want to know who's not going forward? The Bucks GM. The dude oh, got this was a, this was terrible. I can't believe it. You couldn't make it to week five in this season? You got fired? You couldn't get your, your team on the field at the right time? You can't uh, play nice with the other owners? You get literally canned by the uh, by the commish? The Bucks were, were struggling already, right? And basically the owner said, you know what? Hold my beer. I'm going to really screw this up. And that's what he went and did. You, you, you pick a fight with us. You pick a fight with the media. You don't pick a fight with the commissioner. How do you get kicked out of a digital football league, right? And he didn't even make it to the halfway point. I, you didn't I, make it to the team's bye week. Like, what are you doing? I hope this is a low point for this guy because this is pretty low. You think that he's, like, drinking uh, alcohol on the floor at this point? Just like, you know, where am I going from here in life? I think it might be. He's paper might, bagging it. Yeah, pretty sure. He's paper bagging for it. Sure. I think so as well. You know, there's been a lot of weird things that have happened in the last, uh, you know, couple of days since our last podcast. One of them is, is that people are really looking for an edge. Uh, people are looking to see how do I move up in this uh, league. And one of them was – Hey, you know what? Let's try and uh, you know see what uh, what they're doing over there. I'm watching some games and seeing what Dallas is doing. You know, I wonder how they're doing that. So, a GM, a group of people, reach out to the Cowboys and say, Hey, um, you know what plays are you guys running? What playbook are you guys using? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a team reaching out to another one saying, Hey, do you mind if we borrow your playbook? Do you mind if we borrow? You know, how you guys are running your practices. And uh, there's a team that actually thought to themselves, yeah, you know what? The Cowboys are just going to give us that information and give us exactly what they're doing to help us. Guess what? It was even in their division. This is in the division. This is, in uh... the division. I'm not going to tell you what team. But in the division, they're saying, hey, you know what? Can you help us along here? Uh, young buck, I'd, I'd love to see. I'd love to go where you guys are going. I mean, that just reeks of of, of desperation, right? I mean, it's one thing to be in the off season. You're sitting around, you're having drinks. Maybe you tell them a little bit of what you're doing, um, as far as the playbook is concerned. But mid season to ask that question, that's a travesty. So you know what? The Cowboys do not fall for the bait, but I'll tell you a team that did. The Seahawks are asked by the Cardinals to rearrange times, rearrange schedules, and to skip practice, so then they will skip practice as well. Remember, practice is when you get to improve throughout the week, every week, to get better to an end point later down the road. You want to get practices in so then your guys can improve. Guess what? 
the Seahawks agree. They skip past practice. They don't improve their players for that week, which obviously could have compounded over time as well. And they say, yeah, you know what? No big deal because you guys have a different timeline. And then the game goes off at the right time. They could have <laughs> went to practice. Can you imagine the Seahawks or any – imagine you're a fan. You're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, We didn't practice this week. No, listen. I mean you, you spend your hard-earned money at the game. You expect a good product on the field. The fact that these guys didn't product – that in practice is is unbelievable, right? Is Allen Iverson the 12th man over there? Are we talking about practice? practice? You're talking about practice? Well, the thing about it is, is that they're 3-2, and two, so maybe they just think, you know what? With the 49ers in our division, do we really need to practice, well, right? Well, listen, they just got Juju, and they were talking about Russell Wilson, so you better start practicing. They, they better hit the field twice this week is <laughs> what you're saying, right? right? Two-a-days. Two-a-days are now going on in Seattle because they're going to need it to keep going, especially if they have Minshew, and that's all they're going to roll with. I, I still like their team. I just think that maybe they should go to the practice field. Uh, that, guy in, that guy in his shorts, like, I, I, I can't do it. I, it's definitely an interesting uh, interesting way to go. Um, but there are some other guys that we should really be talking about. Uh, one of them is Adrian Peterson. This guy, I think, has found the fountain of youth. He is crushing it right now. He's running over dudes. He really is. And I wonder right now, they, they have him as a backup, right? And... What do you do when the starter comes back? Do you roll with a guy who is absolutely pounding on dudes and running downhill like it was uh, literally a decade ago, right? Uh, Or do you go and say, you know what? I'm going to ride the hot hand with Adrian Peterson and roll with him until, you know, uh, the wheels fall off. Because at this point in his age, the wheels actually may fall off at some point, but they just haven't so far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you got to, if you're winning, the guy's playing well, you got to keep just rolling him out there, right? Um, eventually, he's probably going to slow down, right? Just because his legs are, are old. Um, and maybe at that point, you maybe you can maybe rest him a week or two there. But if he's, he's they're winning, he's running, you keep running. Him. I mean, what a two headed monster, right? You have Kareem Hunt as the starter, AP comes in like he's Superman in the backfield and just starts ripping off runs. Uh, I, I think that's an opportunity for them to either move one of them. Uh, or just say, hey, you know what? Our our team is now going to be extremely run heavy uh, for the uh, the Raiders, right? I think that's one of the choices that they are going to have to make uh, going forward. I think in this situation, you actually do keep the both of them because it's not like they're two older backs or they're two younger backs. You actually have a, a good mix there. I, I actually do think it makes sense to hold on to both of them. You know, as teams start to divide and start going in different directions, one of them is a team that I thought would go in a certain direction but finds them in a different one, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Their roster is actually, it has talent on both the offensive and defensive side. If you talk to management there, they think that there's some holes to fill. They're very modest about their team. I get it. But this team had one of the top two picks. I can't remember if they went one or two because the two quarterbacks went first, and it was Mahomes and it was Lamar, and they got Lamar. They got to me what is the ultimate sports weapon in football right now, a guy that can get you 100-plus on the ground and throw for 250-plus. He is a guy that can take over games, and they find themselves at 2-4 and four, uh, uh, with an offense that hasn't scored a touchdown in over, I think it's like three games. It's almost mind-boggling, but when you pull it up, right, it's the fact that Lamar has been turned into pretty much a pocket passer. They're trying to make this guy Peyton Manning, and it's not working out for this team right now. Their thought process right now, though, and let, let me hear what you think as a fan or as, as an analyst, which is, can you imagine your team drafting this guy and saying, you know what, we don't want, we don't want to roll him out the way he plays 
because it could be detrimental to his career and he could become injured and we're looking for year two, three, four down the road. We're not we're not ready to win right now. And then saying that right out the gate. No, the offense is going to run through Lamar, right? And him being so young, these are the years that you want him to play like Lamar. So if it was week 15 or 16 and you're out of it and you want to maybe, you know, rest him a little bit or make sure he doesn't get, you know, a, a full-blown long-lasting injury, I understand that. But the, the season is early right now. I mean, what are you doing? Unleash this guy. I think that the amazing part is like it feels like they have a Ferrari. Like the Ferrari is in the driveway. He's got the cover the, on it. The, not just the cover on it. He's got it on blocks. He's <laughs> he's got the thing up on blocks right now. And put the wheels on. Put the wheels on. You know, gas this baby up. And you know what? Run the run pass option. Run the RPO. Run it for a couple of weeks. You're still in week six, seven, right? Run it for a couple of weeks. Even if he gets injured, which is is not exactly likely, because he's he runs this way already. At least you'll know what you have. The idea that you're going to wait till next year to run it, what if, you know, you want to see what pieces you need for next year, for the draft that you're going to go into, even if you are going to lose? And why not give yourself, listen, with only four losses, it feels like you're in a hole at two and four. In that division, you're not exactly completely out of it. Why not give yourself the, a chance to win a division rather than saying, yeah, you know what, fan base, just pack it in because we're not even trying to win. We're going to do things that we know are not our best card to play because we're afraid to play it. It's so frustrating. I mean, from a fan's perspective, it's very similar to a Major League Baseball team that's making a run to the playoffs and they have their star pitcher on a pitch count, right? You're going into a, a primetime series and you're not going to throw your best because you're worried about injuring them for the future. Forget the future. Win now. Win today. Focus on what's going on. At least take a shot at it, right? I think you got to at least give it the old college try of at least we've tried to run them. At least we've tried to do everything in our hands to run them. And if it listen, if you have Seabiscuit on your team, run the ball, right? I, run it. And I don't think the fan base is going to be upset by them doing that, right? If he gets hurt, they'll understand. Right. I totally agree. I think you got to at least try and play your best card. Uh, listen, they have power rankings that are out. These algorithms, they don't know what they're doing, right? They have a top five that I just don't understand. So we're going to have to give you our power rankings in this next segment. So the power rankings that I have... Uh, we have the Cowboys, I mean, 4-2, and two, they are rolling, except for their last game. Their last game opens with an interception uh, that they throw on the 20-yard line. They put that in as a touchdown with two plays to the Jets. They fumble a ball that's a run back for a touchdown, and they block a kick. Uh, the Jets block a kick and put that in as a touchdown, and that's one of their losses. I'm very – like, no team's going to come back from that in the first five minutes. But at 4-2, and two, it's one of the best um, in the league. I still like the Cowboys roster. They're my number one. I like the Steelers at number two. I love the Bengals at number three. They're rolling now. Um, the Rams at number four, they're going to get that test tonight against a really good defense uh, in the 49ers. Uh, the offense, you know, we'll see what happens there. But it, it is going to be a fun offense to watch from the Rams. They have the most points. They have the most yards. Uh, and then the Bills who have finally figured out how to put the best quarterback on the field, they were actually ranked number one. I have them as number five because, you know, again, if you don't know what quarterback to play for the first three weeks, you know, maybe you're not the exact one to be at number one in the power rankings. I like them as number five uh, going forward. What Do you think that there's a team out there that could break that top five this week or next week based on what's going on out there in the league? 
I mean, a couple of those teams in the NFC East that you talked about, um, if the Eagles keep playing well, they can make a run at this thing as well. The Eagles are super young, and again, we've talked about them from day one as maybe just a better version of the 49ers, a super young team, just with a quarterback. And that's the interesting part. With Russell on the block, they can look a lot... Uh, the 49ers can look a lot like the Eagles if they're able to go out and get them. Um, a team that is sneaky good right now are those Jets, though, because we talked about them last about time. time. <laughs> it's, it hasn't happened in real life, so you know what? Let's have it happen in the digital world. Uh, the Jets, I mean, they, they win a game against the Cowboys. It, it was kind of given to them by you know the Madden gods here. I'm going to talk about a little bit of just getting some lucky plays there, I think. But they had the recipe for success for the last three quarters, which is don't throw the ball. They threw like 10 passes in this game. Yeah, uh, you have Trubisky, who you know is running for first downs. You, you're only asking this guy to throw short and medium routes, 10 passes, 12 passes a game. That's a recipe for a team that was already a good defense that upgrades when they got that corner. I, you know, I think that there's an opportunity for them to continue forward when you already have New England saying we're in a rebuild. You have the Dolphins as crap in this division, and you have Buffalo, who thinks they're the cream of the crop, but you know what? I think that they may come back to earth. They're they're not going to just run away with this at 4-1. I think that they come back a little bit. The Jets could... I know this is I, this, the grin on your face right now. You can't see it, people, and, but and this he's, is... he's getting a little too excited <laughs> because just he's getting a little bit too hyped. I want to just say that they, there's a shot that the Jets could go somewhere. You know what it is? It, it's, it reminds me of one of my favorite Jets teams. It was when Mark Sanchez was the quarterback of the New York oh, Jets. Oh, God. You're saying this team needs Mark Sanchez? <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, hear me out. Hear me out. They were a very big defensive team. Um, and they had Mark Sanchez, and Mark Sanchez was a game manager. They were a big defensive team because they had Rex Ryan. I mean, there wasn't much bigger than no, that but, guy, right? But, but I think that if Trubisky plays like Mark Sanchez did and and can be that game manager and just not turn the ball over, the defense can, can carry them here, and I think that they do have a shot of, of making this a pretty good season. The issue with that is that Trubisky is more likely for a butt fumble than he is for a playoff <laughs> run, and I think that might be the issue of like what happens when they're not playing with that lead. If they're down by 10 points... Can Trubisky, you know, get us to where they need to go? I think that's, you know, butt fumble time uh, from that quarterback. You know, I, I you wanna, you, we'll, we'll make a bet. If, if uh, Trubisky makes a butt fumble here, I owe you a 12-pack of beer. I like that. I like that. And if, if Trubisky makes the playoffs, I'll owe you a 12-pack of ginger ale. Because, fine, let's done, be honest, deal. we go to the bar too many times and I see you ordering a soda. Deal, deal. All right, that's fine. You know, and I'm going to have to owe you something because these Ravens, they pulled up the upset special <laughs> that I was ragging on you before we ended the last last podcast, right? Uh, I said no chance, no possible way that they beat the Steelers. I knew they were talented, but I thought this was a place like New England where they have all the talent, but it's just not going to happen for them. And they come out and say, you know what? We're going to put our first win on the board, and it's going to be from a team that is high on the power rankings, high on everyone's book. My pick to go to the Super Bowl, along with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they put up a win against them. What are your thoughts? No, I, the, I made three Take picks. your victory lap. Take your time. Well, no, I, know. I will, we'll, we'll I will dedicate ten minutes that to I this. made three picks, and this is the only one I did get right. Hey, you know Which, what? But if you bet it on an underdog, I feel like you get extra points for that, it right? Was my, uh, you do get extra points for that. This was my gutsy pick. The Ravens with, with Andrew Luck there at the quarterback position, they weren't going to keep losing the way that they were, right? They had to turn this thing around eventually. There's too much talent on that team. Um, I know that the Steelers were, that was a big game for them, um, and they played up the way they should play up. 
I think it's interesting, right? They're one, three, and one in a division where the Bengals are three and two, the Steelers are three and two, the Browns, you know, they just got shelled and they're two and three. So no one has run away with this division. There's no one that they can't catch. They're one back in the loss column. They could start to make a move here. You would hope that they catch fire and continue to roll. And then that, again, like we've said from the beginning, is going to be the, the most tightly contested with the most talent uh, between those three teams uh, going forward. I'm interested to see how that plays out uh, the rest of the way. And, and the Ravens have the Bengals this week here coming up in week six. Um, oh, so please tell me you're going to pick one of those two teams in your pick I, I I'm not going to go there yet. Possibly, it, huh? but they they for the for the Ravens here and for some of those teams, this is a chance to put some separation between between themselves here. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think you have the same situation happening in the NFC West. You have the Rams at four and one with what I thought was going to be an offense that struggled, and you were going to have the situation where Haskins made the rest of the team look bad. Instead, you have Hopkins making the rest of the team look better, and. That is a pleasant surprise for everyone in L.A. or wherever the hell the Rams play, right? They move around, it feels like, every five years. The Rams are rolling at 4-1. and one. They get the 49ers tonight. The Seahawks are 3-2. and two. The Cardinals are 3-3. Three and three. This is a division that it's, it's going to be a battle going back and forth. If the Rams win tonight, do you think that they just continue to cruise? Or is this a team that Haskins comes back to earth um, and it stops playing like like an MVP the way this has been going so far. I mean, I didn't think Haskins was the was the play here, but he's been he's been great this year. Um, he's been great. Sony Michelle's actually running the ball very well. He's he's averaging just under five yards a carry here. Um, and you have the the wide receivers which are also holding their own. I think that's a perfect time to say, hey, you know what? What team do you got going forward? Because we need to know three teams before every season end, or every episode ends of who you got in the next slate of games. So I'll give you one of mine. I'll give you a couple of mine. Let's see. For week seven, I like the Jets at home over the Patriots. The Patriots are looking to deal Russell. If they deal Russell, I mean, put that as a lock, that the Jets will take that one uh, going away. I like the Saints over the Bears. The Bears are trading away players already, and the Saints need to get back into it. They have Mahomes. Mahomes has not gone to the level that he can play at, and the Saints need to need a get-right game. I think that's an opportunity for the Saints to really make a move uh, and get above 500 in this league. I think that's an opportunity. Um, And my last one, I like the Texas Titans. The Texas Titans are going to roll over the Chargers, who have struggled all season. Uh, They're a good team. They're a good squad. I hope we talk more about them next time on the podcast. There's some opportunity for them to go places. Uh, Their running game is really strong. I think those are my three um, for next week. Yeah, I'm going to stay actually in in week six here with some of these later games that are being played. Um, You want some action on tonight's game, huh? (laughs) You're you're really trying to spice it it up on this. You need it. This is like one where you need to double down. When you go one and two, you're like, hey, you know what? I got to hit one tonight. That's right. That's right. Um, We're only a few hours away from these games, but I do like the Panthers over the Buccaneers. I know we kind of ripped up the Panthers a little bit here with some of the moves they've made recently. A little Um, Carolina special. But the Buccaneers are an absolute dumpster fire at this point, right? I mean, I'm not... Going out on a limb here, I think the Panthers can beat the Buccaneers, who are just in disarray at this point. I don't know though, because look, the the Bucks though, right? New ownership. You're you're not. You're, I mean, yeah, look, but there's not maybe enough there's, time there. They don't need think time so. To, no, no. I, I I have confidence in the new group, right? But we'll see. We'll see how that one plays out. 
I also like, um, I mean, you, you kind of gave away my thunder a little bit, but I do like the Ravens over the Bengals. I knew you were going to go with these guys. <laughs> I want to know, listen, do you have them making a playoff spot? The Ravens? Yeah, do you yes, have them? Do you, not, so from one and three and one, you have them making a playoff spot I right think now. that they are going to be a comeback story. Um, I do think that they're going to rattle off a, a few wins in a row. You're saying this is an ESPN 30 for 30 type of team, that they're going to just be one of these guys that just come back from nowhere? I don't know about 30 for 30, but I think that ESPN can, can de- get us, devote a few minutes to it. Yes. ESPN News. Yes. Okay. We can get yes. something they own though for them, right? Yes. All right. Who's your third? Um, and then I do like, um, we were just talking about the Packers. I like the Packers over the Lions as well. All right. You know, that's a wrap from all of us here. You know, I don't know how you're going to close this show because we've been yelling the same thing for two weeks. So here we go. Unleash Lamar.